admire your ability to absorb the amount of information you've been given. Anna and I will try and be a little briefer. First of all, I'd like to welcome all of you, your many familiar faces and those of you who are new. Welcome to the retreat. This evening we'll talk a little bit about the practice. We'll talk a little bit about the rhythm of the retreat and its direction. The Buddha was once asked, what was the most skillful way of responding to dissatisfaction? And he talked about three paths that were available. One path is the path of blame. To feel perhaps, well, I have pain in my life or my life is not as I wish it would be. Other people are not as I expect them to be. There's disappointment or disillusionment. And to feel that it is all the fault of someone or something else. The other path or another path is the path of powerlessness, the path of feeling to be a victim, that there is nothing I can do to bring about change, nothing that I can do to bring greater happiness, greater joy into my life. There's another path he didn't mention which would probably also exist as a path of guilt. I must have done something to deserve all of this. But the third path the Buddha spoke about is the path of questioning, the path of exploration, to question whether suffering, whether pain, whether disconnection and conflict are necessary in our lives, to question their source, and to question deeply the possibility of bringing about the end of pain, of conflict, of suffering within ourselves, within our world. And this path of questioning, the path of exploration, the path of opening to what is actually taking place in each moment in our lives is the path of meditation. In a very real way, this path of meditation is discovering the art of connectedness, learning how to be connected in a very deep and sensitive way with ourselves, our inner being, learning what it means to live within that quality of connectedness, with the world around us and with each moment in our lives. Learning how to connect in a deeper way with oneself is a question of cultivating attention and sensitivity. Learning how just to be present in this moment in a very conscious and clear way learning how to be present with the moment-to-moment -moment changes 
taking place within our bodies, our thoughts, within our feelings, by paying close attention, careful and gentle attention to these changes that take place, there emerges within ourselves a greater sense of clarity, a deeper sense of spaciousness and calmness in which the mind is freed of projection, of conflict, of resistance, where we begin to experience a quality of grace, a quality of openness, and a quality of open-heartedness within our contact, our connection with our inner experience. Mindfulness, this giving of attention, this bringing of sensitivity, also connects us in a much more profound way with the world around us. We learn to see, to feel, to listen, to touch in new ways. We learn to be present at the sense doors in a way in which our experience through the sense doors is not filtered through our comparisons, our judgments, our projections. Rather, we learn to see and see totally when we listen. We listen totally, and when we feel and touch, we touch totally. And in this way, we find ourselves living in the world in a way in which we feel clearly present and conscious, in which we're not so caught up in our thoughts and ideas of how things should be, our resistances to the way things are. And in that connection, there comes about a greater sense of peace in each moment of our lives. The path of meditation is not on, only the path of bringing about deeper connections, it is also the path of peacemaking, learning how, first of all, to be at peace with ourselves. The one thing that we can't divorce ourselves from in our lives is the quality of our own minds, the quality of our own inner experience. It is essential, important, so significant that we know what it actually means to be at peace with ourselves, to be at peace with our own inner experience. We look around us in the world the sensitivity that is innate to our consciousness tells us of the conflict, of the pain, of the suffering that there is in the world. And we wish for its end. We wish sincerely to see the end of pain. Something within us also tells us that the foundation of peacemaking and the foundation of peaceful relationship lies within our own inner relationship. How important it is to know how to be at peace, to be able to leave behind us the anger, the clinging, the projections that can cause so much pain within ourselves, so much pain within our relationship to the world. The path that we will practice here, the path that we cultivate, 
can't in any way be separated from the ends that we're aspiring to or from the values that we deem to be significant. It is important that we know also how to travel this path in a peaceful way, how to practice in a peaceful way. When we come into a retreat, whether we are experienced or new to this practice, we bring the totality of who we are. We bring our capacity for sensitivity, our values, our yearning for peace. We also perhaps bring with us our tendencies to control, to judge, to avoid, to feel fearful. It is not in any way that we want to suppress or distract ourselves from all that we are, but really that through the meditation discover that it's possible to learn new ways of being with all of those activities of our minds and feelings, that it's possible for us to extend an open-hearted mindfulness, an equanimity, a sensitivity, and an acceptance so that we do not create any form of struggle, but rather that our practice and the path that we travel is one that leads us to the end of struggle and the end of conflict in each moment, not as a far-off result of the practice, but what we learn through our own inner resources, through extending sensitivity, extending mindfulness, that it is possible for us to see the transformation of conflict in each moment, learning how to travel this path in a peaceful way, being present, being conscious, being gentle, and yet also being totally clear. There are a number of areas of the retreat that are important to consider. One of them, as already been mentioned, is the area of silence. And I will just speak briefly about it because particularly if you are new to meditation, this may be a very unique experience for you to be silent for a long period of time. Now for some people, silence of course is rather attractive because they find communication difficult. Um, but silence for others can also be very, very threatening, a very threatening prospect. The reason that we ask you to engage in silence is to create an environment for yourselves of great simplicity. You know, you will find that through the meditation there is really a kind of releasing process that goes on, a kind of freeing of the mind of the superficial thoughts and images and memories that we bring. And it is also true that every time we engage in communication, in talking, there's a certain amount of input that is received that can easily become a new basis for busyness within the mind. And really we are directing our energy here towards creating a certain simplicity and calmness and tranquility within and quite frankly, we can do without the input. 
we will also find, I mean, not to regard the silence as a kind of heavy imposition. You may hopefully also discover that silence can be one of the richest places of connection you can find yourself in. And silence is in everything. It's not just a verbal silence, but it's really also a quality of gracefulness and silence in our bodies. Really moving very softly through these hours and days here together. Another area that really contributes to that simplicity is that we would ask that you really not do any reading or unnecessary writing while you're here. As some, it's not uncommon to come to a retreat and while you're packing your suitcase to wonder what you're going to do if you get bored or if you get tired of meditating. And often that's the point when the book goes into the suitcase or the, the half-finished poem that you're writing or the job application you're working on. And I would suggest actually just to leave them unpacked, if you would. I mean to leave them packed, sorry. <laughs> really to leave all of that behind, to really enter this experience, to really find out what it feels like just to be present in this moment and to discover the richness that can be offered in the greatest simplicity. One of the areas that we will ask you to slow down, to slow down quite radically. Now, if you came, came here earlier today and you saw people kind of seemingly shuffling around in an aimless way, um, a little bit zombie-like, and you're new to meditation, that's walking meditation. Um, and we'll actually ask you to slow down quite considerably here, simply that there is no hurry. There's no hurry to do anything here. There's no need to bring busyness. There's no need to bring any form of time pressure. And slowing down helps us to be more <coughs> present. It simply helps us to be more present. Now, when you come into, again, if you're new, you come into a retreat, it can all seem a little strange. You know, you've been filled up this evening with rules and all the things you shouldn't do. You see a lot of Buddha statues around and you may be sitting on the floor in a not very comfortable way. Um, it can all seem a little strange. And then you'll look later on this evening and you will see really a quite an intensive schedule on the board. And it can be a little daunting, even if you're not new. It is an intensive experience, a retreat. Not necessarily intense or heavy, but it is an intensive experience. And the reason that it is created in such a way is that this meditation is entirely experiential. It is a path that is both practical, <coughs> teaching us ways to live in this world with greater wisdom and compassion and grace. It is also mystical, discovering the essence of our own being, the profound dimensions of wisdom and compassion that lie within ourselves. For this reason, it is an intensive, created consciously as an intensive experience. As far as the meditation goes, 
Sitting posture we'll talk more about, but please try to feel at home in your body. If sitting on the floor is entirely uncomfortable for you, there are many chairs. It is most important that you sit in a way that you feel as relaxed as possible and at home in your body. It doesn't matter if you sit cross-legged or half-lotus or any other way. We suggest that you try to keep your back straight because that is the best way not to have unnecessary pain. In the sitting meditation, we'll be alternating during the days between sitting meditation and walking meditation. In the sitting meditation, initially, we will be working primarily with the breath. The meditation is one of cultivating very sensitive, clear attentiveness in everything that we do. In the sitting, the breath is our object of attention. Not because there is anything particularly special with the breath, but simply because it is always present with us. Now in the sitting, I would suggest that you don't try to control or manipulate your breath in any way. You simply attend to the experience of your breath as it is. You harmonize your attention with your breath. Now if you have done some uh, meditation previously, you may be accustomed to working with your breath in a particular way, focusing either on the nostril area or on the area of your abdomen. If you are familiar with doing it in a particular way, using your breath in a particular way, then I suggest that you just continue to do so. If you are new to the meditation, then I suggest that you just focus your attention in your abdomen just be aware of the sensation of your breath in your abdomen, just the rise and fall of your breath, just being present with it, not doing anything with it, not forcing it. You will find at times that your mind wanders, you become distracted, just very gently, very clearly, returning your attention to the breath. It is a path without struggle. The gentleness and the clarity we bring to the meditation, just as we have the potential of bringing struggle or forcing. It's a clear, conscious attending to your breath. The walking meditation we will talk about um, tomorrow, since you won't be doing, we won't be asking you to do any this evening. And Anna just also will talk now a little about one or two other aspects of the retreat. If she can get this on. In this, 
In this tradition of meditation practice, it is a custom at the beginning of any retreat for everyone participating to take refuge. It's an ancient way of marking that this time that we're spending together is a little bit out of the ordinary and somewhat special. When you come here to Insight Meditation Society, you're really coming to a place of refuge, a place of refuge from the world and its demands and its busyness and its ongoing pressures. And at this place, people live and work here by certain values. And those values are kind of symbolized by taking refuge in three dimensions of the practice. The first dimension is taking refuge in the Buddha. And when we talk about taking refuge in the Buddha, we're not so much indicating or pointing to the historical person who lived, who who was known as the Buddha, nor are we speaking of some kind of external deity or God figure, but actually we're pointing to something that can be present with us right here, and that is our very own potential to come into contact with the wisdom that lies within us, that we all have the potential as human beings, just as the Buddha did, to make contact with our inherent wisdom. And when we can live with wisdom, we are living in a way that is like a refuge. We are living in a way that protects us and guides us in our lives and keeps us from harm. Secondly, we take refuge in the Dharma. And the Dharma is a Sanskrit term meaning the truth or the way things actually are, not necessarily how we think they are or how we need them to be or how we'd like them to be, but actually the way things are, what is actually so. And the Dharma is a truth which we can directly contact in our experience, in our present experience. And it is this very direct contact with the truth which is liberating, which can actually free us. The third aspect which we're taking refuge is another Sanskrit word, sangha. Sangha meaning the community of friends, of like-minded people who come together to practice like this, who affirm these values. So we are together here, a Sangha. Some come to meditation retreats to be alone. Other people come here to be with other people. Actually, both needs are fulfilled in this kind of retreat. We are all here alone with others. And when we come together like this, we offer a tremendous amount of support tremendous amount of support for going very deeply into ourselves, 
And when we practice together, we give each other a tremendous space to do that. So I will repeat the refugees, refuges, and just for a moment close your eyes and contact that commitment in yourself to reflect on these principles. I take refuge in the Buddha. I take refuge in the Dharma. I take refuge in the Sangha. Another aspect of the practice which is traditional to reflect on at the beginning of a period of this are the precepts. And they are known as, in the context of a retreat, they're known as training precepts. And they are given to you as guidelines for how we are to create a space together that is one of safety and harmony. It's a way of Uh, creating in each of us an attitude of of harmlessness and respect both for ourselves and for all beings. The first training precept is the precept of not killing, of having respect for all forms of life, and living in harmony with all forms of life. Even the smallest creatures that you may come across in your stay here, the tiny little annoying bugs, or the big annoying bugs. All forms of life we, we try to live in harmony with here. The second precept is that of not stealing or not taking what is not given. And this is both a way, again, to create a harmonious place of safety where we can all feel relaxed and not like we need to be on guard and protecting our belongings. And it's also a protection for ourselves so that we don't create feelings of remorse and guilt within ourselves. The third precept is that of keeping right speech which again, as has been mentioned several times, in this context really means keeping the silence. And I think enough has been said tonight already about the reasons why we do that. The fourth training precept is that of not committing sexual misconduct. And for the purposes of the time we are here together in this retreat, it means refraining from all forms of sexual contact. Again, so that people can really get, have the space to be in touch with themselves in a way where they're not intruded upon. And the fifth and last precept is that of not taking intoxicants or anything any kind of alcohol or drugs that would cloud or dull the mind so that we can really give our full efforts to the cultivation of the practice. 
Now, these again are given freely as guidelines for you to reflect on and to take very voluntarily. They're not um, rigid rules of conduct, but rather guidelines for you to practice while you're here and to really develop a very personal, committed relationship with. So, I will repeat each of the of the um, training precepts. And again, just to, if you wish, to make a commitment to keep them. The first, I undertake the training precept of not killing. Two, I undertake the training precept of not stealing, of not taking what is not offered freely. I undertake the training precept of keeping silence. I undertake the training precept of celibacy. And fifth, I undertake the training precept of refraining from all intoxicating substances. So, with that said, I would just like to wish you all a really wonderful retreat. It's very nice to be here with you. I I came here yesterday from California, and I'm just reminded of all of the times I spent here sitting and walking, just as you are, and how precious this place is to me. So it's very, very nice to be back and to to see all of you here, and I look forward to meeting many of you for the first time and re-meeting some of you. So welcome. If we could have just to end, we'll just have a short meditation, please. If you just find a position that's comfortable for you. Let in your eyes close. Just bring in your attention very carefully, very gently to your breath. Just being aware of the sensation of your breath in your body.
breathing in with sensitivity and breathing out sensitivity. May all beings be at peace within themselves. May all beings live in peace with one another. May all beings live in peace.
Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.